my husband and I enjoy the unique reality show known as Big Brother. The lovely hostess of the show, Julie Chen, is fond of saying, expect the unexpected. There's a number of twists and turns, ever-changing rules, bonuses, new people arriving. All of those are designed to keep both viewers and contestants on the edge of their seat until the very end. Well, the Big of Esther is like that. It's full of game changers. And you will not be surprised to realize your life is going to be marked by and determined by the unexpected as well. Hello and welcome once again to Storming the Gates, where we are going to have another installment in our series for such a time as this, based on the book of Esther. And today we're going to be going into chapter 9, where we're going to see a lot of victory taking place. Love that victory, right? Well, I have had quite the week this past week, and I apologize for being a bit late with this podcast. I do aim at Tuesdays, but this week I was in a bad accident. Well, bad except for nobody was hurt. And I'll explain that and how it relates to our next chapter of Esther coming right up. First of all, I want to tell you that over the last few podcasts, I focused primarily on the past election cycle, on our prayers for it, and the prophetic voices that have been speaking, and many are still speaking, a victory for Donald Trump. Now, I am interested in your thoughts on all of that, for sure. Please connect with me. I put links to my social media pages, webpage, and current email in the show notes. Once we complete this Esther study, I'm going to take some time to shore up those accounts, get a podcast-specific email, and update my website. I think that's going to make a huge difference in our ability to form community and begin to connect with one another, which I would really love to do. Meanwhile, it's time to move along and back into Esther. We are in chapter 9, where we are going to see the fulfillment of the prayers that God's people laid before God's throne, and the request, of course, laid before the king's throne. Well, yay for victory, am I right? And that's what we all long for. That's what we always wait for, the miraculous deliverance. And yet, it's not chapter 9 we remember most about the book of Esther. It's actually chapter 4, where Mordecai says to her, Perhaps you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. The pivotal moment of Esther is not where the victory begins, but it is where Esther is first challenged to make her stand. And we forget The real story of our lives is not the victory, but what it takes to get to the victory. And the excitement for me as I read Esther is not that they were able to defeat their enemies, but it's the twists and turns along the way, the the ways God took them from an impossible situation to a place where absolutely anything is possible. So grab your Bible, open to chapter 9. And look with me at this victorious moment in the book of Esther. We're going to take a look at verse 1 today. Now, in the twelfth month, that is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution, 
In the day that the enemy of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary, that the Jews had to rule over them that hated them. All right, so that's verse one. First of all, keep in mind, they waited a full year for this victory because the purr or the lot, in today's day and age, we'd say the dice rolled in their favor. Because of that, time was on their side. Haman cast the lot in the first month, and the favorable month revealed by the lot was the twelfth month, and the day, coincidentally enough, was the thirteenth, or the day before Passover. Now, is that a coincidence? Proverbs 16, verse 33 tells us, the lot is cast in the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Before Mordecai or Esther ever learned of this plot to destroy the Jewish nation, God had already rigged it in their favor. Haman rolled the purr, and the date to destroy came out as a full year later. That gave the Jews the most ample time available to prepare. God's signature was also choosing a date as well as the month. The date turned out to be Passover. Passover already represents deliverance. The day Israel was delivered from the angel of death and from bondage in Egypt. Then, once the king passed a law that superseded Haman's edict to kill with an edict for the Jews to be able to defend themselves, the Jews likely plotted, planned, and gathered ammo for the big day. Well, this is what God desires of us. In Proverbs 6, God suggests we go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. God is clear throughout scripture that we enjoy the good days, but that we never take prosperity for granted. Things can turn suddenly. Haven't we seen that this past year? No one foresaw businesses and schools closing for a pandemic. The lifestyle change has been breathtaking for most people. Even with a vaccine, there is no clear end in sight. So things happen. Things change in one quick turn. A week ago today, I was driving my bus early in the morning up the dark, curvy stretch of highway I take every day en route to pick up my first student. A pickup truck began to pass me, not unusual, but without warning, that truck suddenly turned and was facing directly at me. I only remember watching the white hood of the truck head for the very section of the bus where I was sitting and thinking, why? Why would anyone do that? Well, that thought was quickly followed by shock at the intensity of impact I felt beneath me. This was an event I never foresaw. How do you prepare for such things? And how can you? You're suddenly helpless as life throws you the unexpected. It's like being caught in the waves in La Jolla, California. That happened to me once too. I didn't know which end was up. Well, verse one is also a reminder that the enemies of the Jews were waiting with saliva dripping from their bloodthirsty mouths. But God flipped their script as well. Instead of being destroyed by their enemies, the Jews defended themselves against the enemies. 
So yes, we do not know what life will bring. God protected me that day in the bus. When I started driving a school bus a few years back, I felt extremely small against its tall yellow height and its 40-foot-long body. So I began to memorize Psalm 91, a verse about protection. And I did that on the short breaks in between runs. And soon I began praying Psalm 91, and I would particularly focus on verse 11. And I would pray, Lord, give your angels charge concerning this bus, concerning the kids who get on the bus, and concerning everyone on the road near the bus. I have been thankful for innumerable ways I have seen God's hand of protection as I drive about our area, picking up and dropping off young ones. After I felt that incredibly hard hit below my feet, I somehow landed safely, you know, still in the bus, on the highway, but smoke and oil were belching from the engine. Emergency, 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 I shouted into the radio. I've been hit on 550. I'm turning off the engine now because it's smoking. Well, the bus mechanic told me yesterday my wiring smoked every time they tried to start the engine. You did well to turn it off, he told me. You may have had an electric fire going. Well, after that call, I slept on my hazard lights, turned off the engine, left my bus, walked towards the truck, and also saw another very damaged vehicle down the road. I didn't know why there were three of them. I walked through shattered glass and car pieces, and you know, that feeling of things being surreal and shock was was kind of there. And I was thinking that I'm going to go pray for whoever was hit, that God will raise them from the dead. Well, I came upon three men standing by the white truck that had hit my bus. Are you the bus driver? A tall man asked, and he looked shaken and woozy. I acknowledged I was. The driver of the truck apologized to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before he sort of swooned from shock and sat back on what was left of his truck, I turned to another one of the men, a tall, bearded fella sipping coffee, and I pointed to the crushed car nearby. Who was driving that? I asked. Well, I would later learn that the truck that crashed into my bus spun and then hit the car behind me head on. The man sipping coffee smiled. Me. I looked at his tall, burly frame. He was sort of smiling. He looked happy. He was alive. Wow, I muttered, amazed to see him standing in okay. Angels were out here tonight, I told them. Pretty soon, the road commission, fire trucks, police, ambulance, all kinds of lights were flashing everywhere, tow trucks. An eyewitness came over to me, and he confirmed what I knew. The driver had crossed the center line, smashed straight into the driver's side of my bus. The driver then spun around and hit the next driver head on. I couldn't believe what I saw, the man told me. I didn't expect anyone to be alive. In fact, it seems my bus likely saved the life of the man driving the truck as he bounced off my wheel. He actually knocked the wheel right off my bus, spun around, and lost the speed that would surely have killed a driver in a normal vehicle, and perhaps himself, when he crashed into the second car. I had a few days off due to minor bruises and pain, but it was a reminder the unexpected can happen. Frightening. And yet, it also reassures me that God prepared me for such a moment 
for such a time as this. As I have been praying, give your angels charge concerning this bus. It's interesting to me, too, that since I began thinking about this episode, I have heard or seen the phrase prepare about four times just today. You see, we have a tendency to expect life to carry on as it always does, and we resist change. We don't want to think about it. Well, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, (laughs) I believe we are about to see even more changes, and it's important to prepare. Now, could I have known a pickup truck would slam into my bus? Uh, No. And if I had known, if God had said, today you're going to be hit by a truck on the highway, well, I would have been a nervous Nelly of a driver. I mean, some things are meant to be unexpected. But our heart can be ready. We can always be prepared within, with the steel girder of God's word and confidence in him because we know him and have walked with him. God does not reveal all in advance. Sometimes he hints or gives us parts of a picture, but not all of the picture. The book of Revelation is a great example of this. We see the end time story, but it's almost in code. It won't make sense entirely until we are living it out, just like the Old Testament told of a coming Messiah. Yet he was nothing like what they expected. They certainly did not expect him to be crucified. That was a shock. Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 36, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Some preparation, like saving money, having batteries, uh, a flashlight for an outage, keeping your car tuned up, those are obvious. Those are practical, and those are good. That's why we watch the ant, and we watch him do those things. But then there's the unexpected, a car accident, an illness, a dramatic downturn in the economy. We prepare, as Jesus said above, we watch and we pray. I know during this past election, many conservative Christians like myself, we expected a different outcome. November 3rd, that was a shock. January 6th, another shock. January 20, shock. We expected to see fraud exposed at some point. We expected Republicans to stand with Donald Trump. We expected America to be made great again. So many people were thrown off their square. They were shocked, even angry. And this is where unexpected things unveil our own lack and our own heart. No matter the surprises, we should, we don't always, the unveiling is good. Because we should have such a walk with the Lord that we are not afraid of anything. First Peter 3 verse 6 states, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Another translation says frightened by anything frightening. So we need to be with God. So surprises don't shock us so much that we can't recover. The only one that we can really be angry at ourselves and be angry at in those moments is ourselves, because we did not allow the peace which passes understanding to rule in our hearts and minds. And you're not going to get there listening to good messages. And you are not going to get there listening to YouTube prophets. 
You will only get there when you make a decision today to be with God, to love him, to call him Lord, to choose to trust him. All right, guess what? I'm out of time. We've only covered one verse. I have a dog in surgery, yet another thing of many going on that may be late this week. But I have to go get her. So let's close with prayer and we'll continue with Esther next week. Lord, I just pray for frightening things. Lord, I ask that our hearts will be ready and prepared in those days, that we will not be afraid with any amazement at anything amazing, but we will put our trust fully in you. And we'll just say, what are you up to, God? What's next? Lord, I pray for continued protection. Give your angels charge over everyone who listens to this podcast, concerning them, concerning their families, but above all, concerning their hearts. You say, behold, I come quickly. Lord, I pray that if we are ready for anything, it will be ready for your coming. God bless you. And if you um, want to learn more about Psalm 91, my original first episode for Storming the Gates was Psalm 91. So go on over there and uh, you can memorize that psalm. Hey, it is a great one to keep in your heart so that you are always prepared and are not afraid with any abasement. God bless. We'll see you next Tuesday.